0: But we'll try to record this so that those that weren't able to be a part of it can listen in on that. Um, How many of y'all were able to look at this on Amazon? (laughs) How many thought about purchasing it? How many purchased it? (laughs) No, the real... No, no. (laughs) Uh, You don't have to have this for for today. We we will will be doing the discussion regardless. But I think it's good if you... Uh, if you did get it, I think you you are you do benefit from it, as well as did anyone listen to that podcast that I sent out? Uh, I apologize. I think Doug shines very well in that podcast. The interviewers get on my nerves.
1: <laughs>
0: Jake, I heard you loved them. That was driving me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they, <laughs> they really bugged me too. I, I should have found a different podcast because I think he was Doug there. was awesome. Yeah, Doug was awesome. I think he was interviewed also by Jamar Tisby. I should have shared that podcast. Um, and I'll share that for next week. <laughs> but, um, so, we, I, I want to use this as kind of a, really just a time to kind of say, as we take some some of what Doug has said here, it's not obviously everything he's written is not gospel and uh, um, the only way, the way to do Things, uh, but what he has written, I think, is some good things for us to jump off and, and use as, as discussion kind of time. Um, and can I put you on the spot? I know. Uh, we have some new folks uh, here, and Riley is our first new person here. Riley, what's your name? Riley, <laughs> Riley? Over. how old are you? I am 17. You just graduated high school. Ah. And Ryan's about to move to East Waco. Because he's going to go to MCC. MCC. Ryan was also one of my first uh, students that I discipled at Redeemer. He was in my sixth grade Bible study. So it's kind of weird and full circle and really cool. <laughs> so, pretty awesome. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> he said, not weird, only cool. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah, not weird, not weird. <laughs> it makes us cool. go. <laughs> uh, and then, Jaja, Hi. I'm Jaja. <laughs> we, we ran across them uh, through. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she shared. A, she wrote an article on Act Locally for uh, about Jamar Tisdale's uh, uh, lecture when he came to Baylor. So I was just like, "Yes." <laughs> I don't know who she is, but she's sharing the goodness of uh, the arc of racial reconciliation. And also,
2: awesome tea. So they're here like a month so ago and ago. Introduce us to their shop. Mm-hmm. Or we Go chat, Yeah. So we run a
3: business at the Farmers Market called We Go Chai.
0: And we'll be doing a tea truck uh, in downtown pretty soon, about a month from that. Yeah, awesome. Your tea is amazing. We least a bottle Yeah, Yeah. Go yeah. so to the farmer's market, let's get some of that goodness. But um, well, we're glad you guys are good with us. Um, all right, so uh, off the top though, did anything stand out? Uh, kind of you're like, hey, I. Burning this blew me away or I need to ask why would he write that type thing. If things that you're you were like, hey, I'm gonna make sure I want to cover here today. In this good. I don't want you to ask those questions. <laughs>
2: Urban visionary.
0: What's that? Urban
2: visionaries
0: Urban visionary. Why did that sound yeah. well
2: because you see things that
0: aren't there? Mm. Yeah.
2: So That's you correct. look at it, kind of like when we drive down, you go, I can see what's going to be. It's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a commercial thing. Right. Yeah. And I think um, there's, a, there's a group called Grassroots um, um, Community Development. Uh, there's a guy in kind of North Waco with uh, Josh Caballero um, and a guy up here in East Waco named Cuevas Peacock that do um, a lot of that. They basically are like urban visionaries of saying, like, let's not just look at what's broken in the community. Let's look at like what's beautiful and what, 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 it, what it has already in it and that's beautiful and it, what's its strengths. They do the strengths-based assessment. Is that how it goes? Strengths, assets, asset-based strength. Uh, something like that. Anyways, ABCs. English <laughs> language. <laughs> asset-based. Community development. There it is. ABCD. There it is. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't
2: get through all eight like, chapters again like I did. I like, got yeah. like four or five.
0: That's and good. That was one, like, <laughs> okay. So, Kirk is going to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the format the format of the book is,
4: yeah. is important. It's important, I think, because those first four
5: chapters are the biblical, essentially biblical underpinning yeah. of what you then suggests later. this very intentional about doing these kinds of books, same, same thing with Jamar, like you start with the history, then you get to the practical, He's mm. got to start, He's got to start to make sure that everybody's on the same page, people have been looking at Adam, Nehemiah, and, uh, Jesus and Paul, right, there before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was actually, um, that was interesting to choose, I mean, to pick, like, who do you choose <laughs> for, for making this kind of, right. making these kinds of points, to, to go with those
0: four, it's so, interesting choice. Okay. Um, okay. Um. I think in in the, on page 13, if you have it, um, you grab it, I'll read it, Um, but he kind of gives us a, what he says is that his theological underpinning uh, to his approach to missions can be summed up in the single sentence. I believe that we must simultaneously promote the importance of the church in missions, the ecclesiology, and the importance of missions in the church, your missiology, while looking to Christ uh, as our model. And so in a sense, he, was, and he says, in other words, we cannot set a sharp distinction between church and missions. Let me ask you why. How have you seen that done bad? When a church is only a church and only focused on itself and is inward, what what does that, what does that end up doing to people? How have you seen that done? You don't have to like bad enough the church, but just kind of like just talk about what it, that looks like
3: there's kind of a consumer culture when it comes to um, the way people view churches and um, and not focusing your church, not having a mission be a part of your church maybe um, encourages that or promotes that, where people have so many options of where they want to go to church and they like the music here, they like the preaching there, and they just kind of hop around from, you, you know, from church to church. And, um, and if you're not seeking to convert non-Christians you know, in mission,
0: then what are you doing? You're just sort of encouraging people that well, we've got better. To look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our, if, I, I said this a couple months ago in a sermon. I thought that I was like, we're, I feel like we're just doing better advertising. Um, like we have better youth ministry, we have better worship, we have better, and you're just like start thinking, distinguishing yourself only by what makes you different from other churches. Not necessarily like let's reach lost people, people that don't know Jesus, uh, which. The one thing I think I, I take away from this book is like, he has a heart that breaks for people that don't know Jesus. Mm. Mm. Like, like, that's what he's, he he
6: wants to go after. And I, I, that just, it stirs me, I hope it stirs us. Yeah. I think there's a model that since, I don't know what, 18th century at least, 16th, where mission was going out. So mission was something out there. Mm. We fall into it very easily, even today, right now, when you said, we'll claim those missionaries. Mm. As our own. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are, you know. But we're in mission right now, mm-hmm. here, and and be, when we get that, there's that mentality of they're out in the front lines doing mission. Mm-hmm. We're while well, we're here at home, and that's not the reality. Christ said that the field was the world. Mm-hmm. We're in the world. <laughs> so we're as much in the mission field here as, we, as if we were. In Uganda, or if we were in Mexico, or if we were anywhere else, we're all called to be in mission. Yeah. So the mission is in the church, and then the other the other extreme is the missionary who has no church, and that's that again. That happens very easily because they go out. Now they're not connected to a church, to a community, and they're freewheeling, and they're. <laughs> whatever you know and and we've seen all sorts of what can happen with that when that does happen so the two are are connected and our are, are kind of it's like a tension because they are you know we do send out missionaries but we also are in mission at the same time okay. sure um, just what I think I
7: Um, We were talking about the different styles of preaching Mm -hmm. and how Hosea is going to deliver the word of God to the people Um, strictly this passage and and read through this and gain understanding concerning what is literally written in our source which is the Bible I believe what I see find souls that are lost and we have I don't want to use the word recruit because there is so much that's going on like in the house of God that's not God right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't know why some are doing it for profit purposes some are doing it for reputation and for whatever reasons or motives are behind that um, you find a soul a tray boy is walking down your street and you have brought him in but he's never been um, exposed to holiness and he's never had a relationship with God and you introduced him to salvation and this God that we serve but there's no personal devotion and meditation there so this soul has not really made a connection with God they just got that feel good mm. so they're not studying the word of God yeah. we're not teaching it but when we do preach on Sundays, we're preaching field good messages mm. about prosperity, and those things are great, but we're just preaching mm. what gets your attention today and what's popular to the people. Mm. So if they don't understand the work that God requires us to do according to his word, because they don't study the yeah. word, you know, they, they're lost still, and that's why we see no mission in the church. Only we have brought broken people in with all of issues from divorces to dark paths, sexual abuse, um, drug habits, whatever struggles they have brought into the house of God, and we've made it a place that we say, "Hey, come in and get your healing and your deliverance," and and it, it's just like they they we're coming in, but we're not. We're not studying. We don't know that the Bible says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And we don't know that he tells us to go out and compel them mm-hmm. into the highways and hedges because there's no relationship. We're only doing what's popular. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm starting up here because it's us. It's us in here that's going to be the change. So we have to kind of keep that in mind when we're... Never mind. It, I think yeah, a lot yeah. of ministries kind of get it twisted sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're bringing these lost souls in, but we're not giving them the word. So we just
2: pick yeah. up. Like the thing yeah. It, why we're Acts 29. The discipleship is like, like two things that characterize Acts 29. It's churches, planting churches, and disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and that's what we all are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel
3: like you talked exactly what you're saying and he is saying a lot of churches you know that you yeah, have people you say the prayer when you're like four or you get people walk down the aisle but there's no depth no discipleship no study and so yeah think mm-hmm. you're exactly right with that dichotomy yeah. and the final
7: thing that closes the line so for instance we bring someone in here who show us with alcoholism, mm-hmm. and we consider this place as a well, spiritually, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But I think we are also now going into churches selfishly because we're struggling. And there's not been a true deliverance or change in our life because we don't know this word. Or I don't see the Bibles. So I don't know if there's one in here. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> change has not <laughs> taken place. So we still have these same issues. And we can't, I can't, I can't in here and cook a meal for you and serve you and I can't even eat my kids at You know what I'm saying? So the mission is hindered because people are people are struggling. People have issues that they have not dealt with or been set free.
4: No. I'm done. That's just my (laughs) thought.
0: We want to hear your (laughs)
6: thought. No, it's good. That's good. I think that kind of go along with uh, page 14 where he talks about informed Theology. He said, uh, when we live out the gospel within community in a hostile world, which means that we bring in the people who are struggling with addictions mm-hmm. or who are, people who are broken. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're human. Mm-hmm. Not what makes us human. We're broken too. And, and then he goes on and says, um we become authentically reformed mm-hmm. that's i love that definition of <laughs> reformed if the hostile world is removed that's not reformed theology that's comfy couch religion <laughs> i think that's what you said saying.
0: No, i love the way he puts these words <laughs> yeah yes um yeah and i think uh we said this probably early on in our um kind of um gatherings and not we said it earlier today and i kind of reminded like oh yeah that was one of our things, we said we wanted to believe, and I just want to make sure we kind of keep slow dripping these things, um, but we want people to know, we want you to know, that you, you belong before you believe, and so um, everyone, we want them to feel like they, be, they have a place to belong, even if they don't believe in Jesus, because they're human, and we love them, we see the Imago Dei in them, um, because they've been created in the image of God, and so these two boys that ring our doorbell. Every hour, on the hour, it seems. Um, that come into our house. I don't think they're Christians. In fact, they said they don't go to church. Um, they know they belong. <laughs> maybe maybe pushing into that belonging a little too much. Um, but we're going to talk to them about what they believe. And it's. I think if we begin with, you need to get it before you can become into our church, then none of us are welcome here. Because um, none of us get it. We all... Um, I think that's why we come back to adore Christ to begin with. It kind of pushes us back to the cross and going, Oh, I need Jesus. Uh, I am prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Um, but I think um, he says on a different page 14, um, I'm not following, maybe the Kindle's different. Oh, Kindle Different um, different. I'll struggle. I'll struggle. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, he says uh, missions, when we, uh, when we think of, when we separate the church, And from the missional engagement, we stifle the gospel, and such thinking fails to catch the urgency of God's calling to all believers to spread his word. Entire flocks of Christians come to feel as though missions is something for those unassociated with the church. It's simply for those missionaries on the front lines. And missions is conceived as something to which the church donates money, not something it actually engages in. And thus the tools of the Holy Spirit grow rusty, held back by an inert missional culture. Um... I just think that, that if you've grown up in a, in, a, in a church that has said that, like, well, we, we support, and I was a, we were part of a church in North Carolina where they, they their budget, 25% of their budget went to missionaries, and so, I mean, that's a big part of their budget, and so they were, they were in their mind, a, a, a missions church, and they were supporting missionaries all over the world, and we were there we're going, but what are we doing here in, in Hendersonville, North Carolina? And that's kind of that, that, that distinction of saying, I'm sending money to... Versus, I'm actively being part of. And I think money's part of that, like to like, help support the world missions, and we wanna do that. But also, what are we doing here? And that's been some of our heart and kind of our, that, you know, breaks is like, there's so much um, opportunity um, just across the river. Um, and so much stuff that you kind of read about, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, they're going, well, you don't have to get on a plane, you can cross the street, you can cross the river, you can, um, and that's what we want us, us to see is that that's, that's what, we want to push this church into, and I think churches gravitate towards becoming more institutional um, as you get bigger and bigger. Um, one of the beauty of being a church plant is every single person here um, is being trained to be these missionaries, and it's kind of by being here, opting into being that. Because this isn't easy. Like coming, you probably went to church this morning, and then you come into church in the afternoon. Like, like it's not easy to to do this type of to start church plans um, there's going to be people, we, I know but there's going to be people that are going to come in August and September when it's just coming on Sunday morning it's going to be much easier um, but I think they're missing out on some of the what we we're trying to buy into right now of being a part of being all in missionaries um, and so I think that's why I love going to this book because it kind of pushes us all into what we think scripture is pushing us into well.
1: To me, missions is a matter of the heart. Mm. You know, if there's a disconnect between your love and your response to Jesus, then you don't really care about people here. You know, a lot of Christians are intellectual. And like, there was this lady in the pool the other day, and within ten
4: minutes, just because I listened to her, she started crying. So I invited her for
1: Mm. lunch, and she actually said, "Me?" You want me to come to
0: lunch? Mm.
1: Uh, she could, she was incredulous, mm. and a lot a lot of times that disconnect means that you don't have to spend time with people who don't fit into your social circle. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to sound judgmental. I'm just saying, if there's a heart there, it's, it's an outflow.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think I don't think.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. That they seem to be yeah. 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 And I think that's powerful. Just the power of listening. to <laughs> on. That's powerful. Like people want to tell their story, um, and just saying, "I want to hear your story. What's your past? What's that tattoo mean?" Um, all right. So he has this first section on uh, on Adam as being kind of like scriptural basis for this. Um, what we don't have to maybe make it for something that you underlined or highlighted, but what would you say was the the heart behind? We're seeing God work in mission, um, and God is already on mission. What was it through Adam, if you had read that, or if you're just thinking out loud? Um, I liked. I think it's on page Well, he was talking
8: about like. We must remember that when we expressed the gospel, we were merely repeating the words of our Lord. We were merely His proactive engagement with the gospel, which began as soon as man fell. God didn't waste time. Man sinned, and God sent a message of redemption. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of piggybacking off of, like, the premise of the book, and the book, like I think the more that we spend with, like, the least of these the people that we think need, the more we realize we're, like, a part of that community as well. And I think I've sort of, for the last, like, year and a half, at, um, a vocabulary ministry, like counseling recovery and I think when I first started going, I was like, "Oh man, thank goodness I don't have this issue," or like, "Thank goodness my like thing isn't like doesn't fit neatly into a like whatever anti part of." And um, I think the the biggest thing is like the humility to realize like, okay, I don't struggle with this, but sin encapsulates all of this, whether it's A A and A all the a's like or whatever the letter is (laughs) like and i think people are just like craving the authenticity of like coming with stuff Mm -hmm. and like coming with baggage and like i just like loved that thing because Mm -hmm. we've all fallen and like god doesn't waste time with any of us and so often we create categories or we create classes like just within like government within like just people and it's just like like there's not that, like, we've all fallen short, you know, and, like, that's the point. And I think um, God, the gospel always spreads quickly in, in places where people have a stake in it. Um, and I think that's what's so crazy about, like, the Middle East and China. And it's, like, the more they for, the more it grows, and just, <laughs> in America, it's not going because we all think that we know what we're doing, <laughs> which we don't. And... Um, and so I think there's just something to be said about, like, leading with stories and leading with, like, our own life change and, like, listening to people, because, like, that's, what, like, people just want to be validated in the fact, like, hey, I kind of don't know what I'm doing, and most people, you know, yeah I think society is like, yeah, you, like, leave that job, or you, like, say goodbye to this relationship, but there's no, like, follow-up, there's no, like, what does that actually look like, if that's the healthiest or whatever, and and I just think sometimes Jesus is telling us to like stay in the community that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my favorite thing And I think it's Mark 5. You could probably. But like, well, the guy is like possessed, and then he goes, and then he's like, he's like, I want to come with you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, nope, you got to stay in the community. Mm-hmm. That saw him possessed, like saw him crazy, saw him being whatever. And he has to stay though. but like, that's a far greater testimony than if he went to told people. <coughs> and I think we just have to like, stay in the communities of people who know It's like the people who are, like, we are in a small group about what we're in recovery from, or like what they're, like, sometimes the people who have like the crazy story are the ones who are like having this impact, and I think they just need people to like, allow them to share the story, and allow them to like, see that that was God reaching out the hand the minute they fell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like, yours will not wasted. Yeah. God was pursuing them the whole time, and I think we have this, language in the church mm-hmm. oh you were an addict for this many years or you were struggling with this or you want not a Christian and it's like, was, like those aren't wasted years mm-hmm. like he was pursuing you and through that testimony consume it you can lead others to Christ and like just share your testimony so you
0: can plant seeds yeah that's, yeah. that's beautiful I mean I think um, yeah Adam instantly fell and you have the what they he talks about here and other theologians have called the proto-euangelion the first gospel um, that, that God is offering to Adam right there, He doesn't smite him, doesn't kill him even though he says if you eat this fruit you will die, die, you know, death physically and eternally um, but he, he doesn't wipe him out right now, he offers a savior who will crush the serpent's head um, and so he then sends Adam to be one of the first missionaries and then you go down his list of these different missionaries and Doug talks about like the church must understand its sentness, how sentness flows from and out of its implications of the Great Commission, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, uh, but let's jump jump to the Nehemiah chapter. Um, what did uh, what stood out with you with Nehemiah in this? You know, Nehemiah he's kind of go he's going to go rebuild the city, but before he does, he was grieved. He was, crazy. he was totally broken. Why? Why was he broken? Yeah, yeah. Let um, me read Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4. It says, uh, And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who has survived the exile is in great trouble and shame, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I mean, so Nehemiah looks at and he sees the brokenness of his city, um, and, and, and his response is just a weep. And I think later he talks about this, and um, I kind of bring it into this, but he talked about how he felt like his ministry lacked the appropriate sense of agony um, for his community. And so I ask you, what, what is it that you think we ought to weep over? And I think, like I said before about being like asset based community development, like we want to look in the urban visionaries and see what's beautiful about it. But I think we have to look, and um, we don't want to offend people by saying they're their community is broken, but every human heart is broken. Um, and so there are is, there is some things in here that are just, you know, painful realities that, that do break your heart uh, when you hear these stories. What are some of the things that you've heard so far? I mean, Shirley gave us a, a good kind of history of East Waco, um, and then you've probably, as you've been talking with people, what are some things that you feel like we, we, we should be
6: grieved over? Well, I think um, it helps to have a perspective in history of where we've been in order to get an idea of where we're going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, and uh, Logan said, the Book of Lamentations tells us that God's people were devastated, and God's name is disgraced among the surrounding countries. Brokenness became the status quo for 141 years. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the past generations, uh, you know, my grandparents went through the Great Depression. My parents went through a World War. My my generation went through Vietnam and the '68. The times of the '60s. Uh, today, uh, we didn't go to church, so for worship, I listened to Martin Luther King's last uh, talk, mm-hmm. where he said, "I was he was on a mountain." Mm-hmm. And it's just so. It brought me to tears because, you know, he had this vision of people coming together at some point. And if you really look carefully at where we're at today with mass incarceration, with the inequities within our society, and then and, and with immigration, where it's at right now, and where it's going, the divisiveness of our country, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand, you know, and we are so divided as a country right now that it's, it's, uh, it's grieving, it's grievous where it the, the differences in our society and culture. And, and, and that's just within our own country. Mm-hmm. Then you start thinking about what's happening in Central America, why we have so many people coming to us. You know, I met uh, a woman from El Salvador this last week. I have students from Honduras and from Guatemala. And they're desperate, you know, for just, just for the basics of life. And so that's the reality. You know the, and so it requires us to do a little bit. Some of us, normally we live a pretty comfortable life, to go beyond ourselves and have some empathy mm-hmm. for for others. I think part of that requires a lot of, of research, a lot of thinking about where we came from and the possibilities of where we're going to go. Yeah, listening to that speech with you, I was
1: just like. Man, everything he's saying is still the same. It's <laughs> powerful. If you haven't heard you it, know, it is you got to listen to it. it. What's it called?
6: Um, what's it called? It's, it's Mark, it's, if, you, if you Google Martin Luther King's last, mountain. yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah and the next day he was assassinated.
0: Yeah, and I think, so I think I was kind of setting you up, um, and Lauren's not the park, but but... Um, I think typically when we think of what's broken in East Waco, we want to look at some of the, and like again, like there's some reality to it. Just kind of the broken families and um, poverty rates. But you go to the bigger root issue, bigger picture, the systemic um, injustices, and you go, "But well, why are we here?" And so I think when we think of like what is our response as a church. Um, There's many different ways. That's why we act with mercy and justice. Um, Mercy, acts of mercy. I think we as Christians rally on that. The acts of justice are harder for us to think through um, sometimes. But I think part of us saying we want to be a multicultural church is pushing against that. Because we are so divided as a country. That pushing into what's sometimes uncomfortable... And having different cultural isms kind of butt up against each other, even different languages. And so, you know, saying we want to be multicultural also means we want to be multilingual. Um, So we're going to sing songs in in Spanish, and we want to pray in Spanish, and we want to pray in Korean. Um, We want to have different ways for us to see the world as bigger than just our little spot. We want to expand. We want to see God as the God of the kingdom, the kingdom. And so I think what's broken, what should we weep over? It's just the dividedness, divisiveness of even in the church. Um, and it's that we're not leading against that cause. And Martin Luther said it in the 50s, that it's the most divided hour, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, and it's still true today. As you said, it feels like everything is still true 50 60 years later. But doesn't it seem,
2: you back on a little bit, it doesn't seem like when we look at the big macro issues, then you just feel depressed and like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, here on the it seems like maybe the reason the title of this book is so profound mm. is it's getting them the I mean, it's what can I do now? It's the Good Samaritan, the person that's a stranger to me. I mean, you know, people walking out the door mm-hmm. or whatever else it is. And that's something I do something about. That's right. So that's why I think that focus is so you start there and you go.
0: We can't fix all the macro things. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a both ends. So I think it's, we can get overwhelmed and paralyzed by a like, massive undertaking of what we're, we're saying, like, okay, that's a pretty big issue, that the church is this divided, um, that their nation is this divided. So what dent can we make? Um, and so you think, let's let's think big picture, because that's where the system and structures are in place, but also let's think um, in our city, in our, like, let's, th- let's focus on Waco or if you want to be specific, East Waco but I think Waco at large as well because there's a reason there's an East Waco uh, but I think with that also,
3: honest. you might be saying the same thing, I'm not sure um, like you might be getting to this later but what struck out to me was when he talks about reconstruction is an unending lifelong process, <laughs> like he's building and rebuilding and there are a lot of unchanged hearts and like things that he can't yeah. fix and you know it's later on, it's like he's showing I through yeah. this experience God reminded us that Reconstruction is an unending lifelong process. We're always building and rebuilding on the block. And then later, we are to build and rebuild the urban areas until we die or inter- until Jesus returns and show us to the city of God in heaven. And then he gives like stories of people who kept going back to their sin and like weren't. So that was like hard to hear me, but also mm-hmm. humbling. Like, okay, because I like to fix things, too. So, like, okay, I'm not, like, this... There's going to be a lot of brokenness that maintain that this is something that is bigger than us. Mm-hmm.
5: I don't know. If you're yeah, but, well, pair, pair, paired with that, um, I mean, you know, one of the things that um, that I that I lament, this goes back from you know what what Shirley was talking about is when uh, when hope when hope is sucked out of the community.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: So when 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 people kind of get to the point where some kind of <coughs> Kind of get to the point where the only possibilities they see are the ones that are, are the ones that are around. Them. And for and for us especially as um, as people who claim to place our hope in Christ, we're placing our hope in 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 an omnipotent God. <laughs> and so and so what that so what that means is that yes we're gonna co- yes we're gonna come into contact with situations where. People, I mean, we see this in our own lives. When we are sin that, we, that that we are constantly struggling with throughout our entire life. That could that could lead us to despair if we thought that our salvation depended on us. Because if our salvation did depend on us, then yeah, we ought to be we ought to be in despair. If 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 salvation depends on on a God who took on flesh and and died and was raised, there's no. There's no logical place for despair in the midst of in the midst of that. And so regardless of how big and and the fact is the more the, the more aware we are of the issues in the world, the bigger they're going to see because they're because they are big. Like they're objectively big. But, 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 but when Paul talks about the gospel, he talks about it in terms of he he personifies sin and death as these as as these as these powers that are big. But the answer is much, much bigger. Uh, in Christ and so and so um, so so I mean one of the things that the gospel uh, kind of drills deep drills deeply within us is a, is, a, is, an unsha- is an unshakable hope, not a hope that um, you know, not a, 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 a not a hope that's just a wishful thinking but a, but a sure but a sure hope mm-hmm. which is like redefines the way that we think about hope because when we think about hope we, we generally think about wishful thinking but the way the scriptures talk about hope. <laughs> Is as a sure hope, this is something that we know. This is we we, we know that Christ is coming back. Mm-hmm. We know that Christ is making all things new, and so and, and so and so we can so we can look so we can look forward so we can look ahead so we can look ahead to that and continue and continue to fight, knowing that this is knowing that this is the place that we're working out of. It. That's, um, right. yeah. that's,
0: that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I, I so yeah. I want to encourage us. We big undertaking but we have the big guy like we he, he for some reason speaks through donkeys um <laughs> for some reason uh speaks through uh, the murderer of the church and converts him to become the now the leader of the church with paul um and so he's going to do what he wants to do um I, I i don't think he said it in this in the book i think maybe maybe it was on that that the wonderful podcast you listen to um but Doug was talking about, him, he's like, it's not as if God needs some extra Holy Spirit juju to work in these urban areas. Um, as if He's like, oh, i got to really try hard here. <laughs> like, He's sovereign wherever He goes, and He can do as He wills, wherever He, however He wants. And so it's like comforting to remind ourselves that, like, it's not as if He has to work harder in East Waco than He does on the other side. Like, it's the same God who's going to. Ignite a dead spirit to come to, to come to life. Yeah, so Jesus doesn't need steroids to come to the hood. <laughs> <laughs> latte in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> latte, okay. Yeah, yeah.
6: So, so it's, yeah, be encouraged. Be encouraged. But I think Nehemiah kind of he addressed the book of Nehemiah shows us that you have you have a time of of understanding of the brokenness, and that leads to. Yeah to um, lamentation mm-hmm. to to but we don't it doesn't stop there and you do look at the big picture but you also at the same Nehemiah looked at the big picture but then he began to look at okay what are the steps mm-hmm. that I can take to change that picture yeah. so we don't get overwhelmed by the big picture that's but we're rather we look at how we can how can what can we do about massive questions what can we do about injustice of immigration what can we do about the issues of our country that are so divisive how can we come together with our brothers and sisters who wear MAGA hats you know and and their practical steps Nehemiah built that city stone by stone and so so you're right We, we can't be overcome by what we cannot change but we have to understand that we can make a difference mm-hmm. through Christ. And that gives us hope. And that gives a community hope. Yeah.
0: And because Christ came for us and he was on mission and he was the one who then had the great commission to go therefore, right? It's it's not go off. It's as you go. Uh, is that ongoing, as you go, make disciples of all nations. And so that means wherever you're at. And that means in your small business, um, make disciples. In your work environment, make disciples. Uh, in your neighborhood, make disciples, not just the missionary verse that pushes you off into a far-off land, but at, at wherever we're at. Um, and uh, we feel the Lord is calling Mosaic to East Waco uh, and the rest of Waco to share this good news. And so as we go, what does that look like? Um, Jesus commanded us with that great commission, but then in John 20, uh, it says as the Lord has sent me I also send you I mean he's sending us there is a sending And if you, I'm curious how many times the word mission or missional um, is used in this book uh, one of the reasons um, and, um, Lawrence hates, hates the word <laughs> as a former missionary and current missionary yeah. uh, to East Waco uh, is because <laughs> because of we use that word so often uh, but I mean, it's, you can use the word sent, as he uses here a lot as well, that God is sending us. And so I think it's helpful for us to always be thinking ourselves, because there's a purpose behind what we're doing, not just just going through life like, all right, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do on Monday morning, and I'm going yeah, you check know, all the emails or whatever. Um, there's a purpose, a sentness to where God has called you in this place and this time. A sentness to adopt. A <laughs> sentence to love little babies. <laughs> um, let me read. Uh, he, he, he goes into the, the Paul section here. Um, if there's anything that stand out you underline, you can interrupt and tell me. But I want to read. Um, he doesn't actually use this verse, but I think it's one of the most popular um, verses. When talking about Paul's sentence and how he, his approach to reaching people uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 20, I love this. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. I just love this about Paul, saying I have some things that I hold valuable and some things I kind of hold an open hand. And so how have you seen that play out? Have you seen someone do this well? They became someone they're not, not in the way of like they're being fakers or but they're trying to win people for Christ. Have you seen that played out in a positive way?
6: Say the question again.
0: Have you seen someone kind of illustrate what Paul's saying he's done here, in kind of in our modern context? To, to the weak, I became weak. To this group, I became like this.
3: I think people that, like, uh, minister in specific circles, like I think one of our friends, he is. Has- what does Johnny, he calls it like his gym ministry or something, and I think of Jeff and the boxing mm. stuff, and maybe people that are, they can kind of speak the language, or you know, if you have tattoos, I don't know, whatever it is that like relates you to this certain group, but you're not like of them, or of the world that you're relating and yeah. like witnessing in those circles, I don't
2: know if that's
1: yeah. exactly what you're asking,
2: yeah. that's you can do it as teachers or professors by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. Yeah. If it's part of who you are, then you're hanging out with those people. did mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you say? Recognizing the commonality
0: yeah. in certain groups and identifying with them. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. If you're sharing classes mm-hmm. I was going to say I think
8: the people who I've seen do that really well or have like <laughs> an immense ability to be compassionate and empathetic, but also have like done the work to know what is going on in each of those communities they may be a part of but not a part of. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think that those are the people who also um, are super, super, super good seed planters and like don't, like, don't value the harvest of for the work. And I think um, I've seen that done well with like a couple of friends and like, I think even something from doing, like, you finished the last couple years with the Lord was, like, so adamant, was, like, I promise to harvest, you just may not be the one that keeps it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just, like, what that looks like to be, like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with, like, sewing into the life of this kid even if, like, I don't get the cool moment where they, like, get that you will feel for them. Yeah. You know, and just, I think, that ability to, like, love someone with no strings attached is, like, I think a cornerstone of how that person lives because they're able to, like, see people where they're at and care for them, and like hope for them, and pray for them. Probably, probably care way more about them than that person will ever care about them. But like, do it in a way that's like also allowing them to like. If that person moves, that's not like the end. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's it's just so and just such a like such a dependence on Christ in a different way because you're really just giving your life and caring for those, and then just allowing them to kind of mm.
3: do whatever, you know. <laughs> I love what you said, don't value the harvest over the work. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. That's the only problem I had with the book, was that he ends each chapter with this amazing story, and they're all real and true, and that's so cool. But then I'm like, but what if 90% of the time, I'll be the pessimist, the people are probably going to just continue to be the same. I, you know... Not that you're not, you're. I don't know. You know what I, I mean? Get you. I yeah. Like, like you gotta, the yeah. person might just yeah. continue to be a drag out and keep coming to church, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. We might not get to see him become a great dad and start being a missionary in a local prison. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, yeah. and it really happens. Right. But so yeah. I, I value that. Yeah. Don't value the harvest over the. Yeah, and I think
0: he kind of. Uh, as Desiree talked about, they did the example of the basketball goal as yes, their, their way of outreach. That's
3: true. How they immediately just started trying to people tear it started, yeah,
0: spreading oh, it. Which in.
3: would be so disheartening, yeah. but not pointless. Doesn't yeah. make
0: it pointless. So it made you realize this is going to be a long, ongoing work. So if you didn't get to read it, they were they were trying to find ways to love their community, and they found like a, a court that was just dark and dilapidated. And so they their church, they paved it, put up a hoop, put the lights up. The cameras and they came like first day like someone almost got killed uh, and kids were yelling loud <laughs> but, no, yes
6: Go <laughs> so, on. <Sometimes, laughs> there will be some. Um, so there are two families
7: that are at odds or have been at odds with each other for years, and I'm a going, so I know these things. Although um, I don't know them individual, like that, uh, what is it? Um, immediately, like I don't know them. First-hand? Like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not y'all, you know, but I know a lot of people but not them, but I know the families uh-huh. and I have gone to school with some of them <laughs> there, there, there are times in life where these families someone is shot and killed so there's some retaliation and retaliation takes place quite often with these two families riding across that bridge on, on Waco Drive coming from the health department across Mm -hmm. to entering East Waco, Dallas, Waco Drive, Mm -hmm. and they're shooting at each other. So you have all of these innocent lives and people not even knowing that these families are angry with each other and this happens just, oh, it's that time of Mm -hmm. season again for this family and it's so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. that this is how they choose to handle life. I don't know where the rage came from. I don't even know them personally to know. I just know the stories and have seen and met some of their family members but there are going to be people that that my first point of contact or my first encounter with you is not going to be it. So sometimes all we can do, and I'm not saying quit there, but sometimes all we can do is plant yeah. See, mm-hmm. yeah. Water it and allow
2: God to that's right. bring that increase. That's right. yeah. 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 Then there's, sometimes Sometimes it is on the hard ground and it doesn't ever come up. We mm-hmm. just yeah. we're
6: always thinking about it. Always going to turn yeah. out great. I think part of the issue about being cross because we what we're talking about. I think some of the Paul's ability to be cross-cultural, mm-hmm. to be all, and the willingness to be all things to all men wherever and to cross those what what those barriers that society has brought up. Two things that I think come up before us. One, our own integrity and being authentic. Because some things require certain skills, like for instance language. And and we have to understand where we are in that language and be humble enough to admit, well maybe I can't communicate Spanish. You know, somebody else can or or maybe I can but not as well as if I thought we were in English. Um, but, but a willingness to to be with people and to accept them for who they are, and and um, I, I've seen like I think Saul Cruz in Mexico City is a psychologist, and you know he worked with people who literally lived in a in a junkyard, you know, and he helped them build houses. He he counseled them, but he. He was, he was from a different socioeconomic background, and he didn't make any like, he didn't okay, I'm going to live with you and, no, he had his own life that was real and authentic and was part of the ministry because he could be in a junkyard one moment and then he could be in an American church in another moment preaching to very fundamentalist very conservative mm-hmm. churches about the need for the gospel in that area of his life. So he could he was able to do that. Not everybody's able to do that. Um, and, and I think it, it requires a lot of humility and, and time and patience and a lot of willingness to listen to others yeah. in order to, to cross those barriers. You know, we, we take a lot for granted. Your know,
2: thought, Mark, where you go, at the beginning of this, why do we need the church? Become all things to all people because we got lots of different kind of people. (laughs) We can become all things to all people. That's why we
0: need the body, right? Yeah. I think it's a good question to maybe be rhetorical, let you think and linger on, um, just because of our time constraints here. Um, But what might we be willing to change to win some? What might we be willing to? Some things that we thought maybe are like uh, integral to who we are. Um, as a person or as a church that we might be willing to, to kind of hold with open hands. Um, and so, like, you know, worship style is, a, is one that you, comes with lots of preferences. Um, and I think people will, will, some might hold on to things tightly and some we might say, let's, let's open up and say, like, well, this may be a way for us to, to reach some and win some. Um, um, teaching style is another one. thing like that, or as we're thinking of kind of the church, but like maybe, but thinking more on, on kind of individual level, like what are some things that we um, might have to open up and hold on and, and kind of hold more open-handed, uh, just in our relationships. And I think one thing that we want to hammer and always encourage and um, is we're, we the church is a reflection of the community, and so the um, and, and should be. And um, if we want to be multicultural, we need to make sure that's happening in, just in our relationships in general, not just on, on when we come here, and that this is something we want to have happening uh, all of life and every day. Um, and I think, uh, I know Devin pushes that hard, and, and I love it, um, through Wacocha, uh and kind of pushing communities to, to have cross-cultural relationships. Um, I think for us to be thinking through that, what, what how can we do that? Um, and I think, what's then the other question is then what's what are we not going to change like, what are some, sometimes you're like ah, i really want to reach people but i also i don't want <laughs> we can't give up who we are and so you kind of have to say like but this is just who we are and this is what scripture says, and that's kind of how i always have to come back when there's you know there's clearly a divide. And like ah, i just can't get around scripture i'm sorry I, I that's kind of where um if there's some certain issues that um that might be a divider and go I think that's a good way to kind of think of that. But ask yourself, what are some things we might be willing to, to change just to win some, the way Paul talking about doing it. Um, just to kind of briefly run down some of these things, in, in the book on, on Camden, he talked about um, um, really the, the title of the book being The Church on the Block. And so he, t- he talked about the difference between uh, people coming to his church and actually being the church on the block. And I think uh, Kirk, you and know, I talked about that, about whether we talked about Uh, people come to our church, or the church going to people? And I think that's a very big difference there, and I think that's what we want to see Mosaic be, is a church that goes to people, uh, that is out in the community with people, um, whether at the farmer's market, or whether uh, in our classrooms, and just being the church, uh, out with going to people, because that's just kind of where we see God moving. He's the one who's initiating it. And I'll end with this, um, before we, I want to give some of our kind of Announcement type stuff. Um, he talks about in the chapter "Them People," which I love, but just the, the title of that. Um, let's take that out of our vocabulary. Um, let him use that as his chapter title. But uh, but he says, you know, how do we keep from um, how do, you know? So how do we keep it from being us versus them? You know, like, and what was his answer for that? Like, how do we keep it so it's not just like a let's have us be the." the only change agents, and the only ones who are, are thinking about this, and serving them people. How would you change that? So that not just changing your vocabulary, but you're changing your heart behind it. We kind of wrestled around with this earlier, but... I really
1: like what Ms. Shirley said. It's relationships. Yeah. You know, if you take the time to have a relationship, your heart is going to for that person or maybe they have something to offer you you know it seems like um, all of us being a safe community for each other and make a safe place for other people Yeah. you know and the church going out i mean i've done weird things you know there was a teenage girl that i was pursuing literally she was running and i was chasing <laughs> I had to chase her from place to place until I finally got her to sit down and talk to me. You know, that's unorthodox, I know it is, but I wasn't she wasn't she was afraid of me, but not because I was doing something bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she just Thanks was afraid that. of being known. Yeah. You know, and I, I had to learn to test. I'm an old lady, right? I didn't know that nobody picks up their <laughs> in some groups, mm-hmm. you know, and so I learned to text. I mean, those are little things, sure. but, um, you know, you'd have to be willing to think on your feet, mm-hmm. but mostly just receptive. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Correct. Related to the paragraph problem pointing to their answer, their answer. Um, but, um, which is, makes me think about in, um, studying fan behavior, talk about you identify with a team you say we won we lost Then mm. you aren't identified you're not a real fan you go, they lost <laughs> so we need to be that way we yeah. we there is no they yeah. well i guess they are people that aren't like we the wrong we
0: have the wrong. <laughs> yeah no it's really good so that's when this community hurts we hurt we've identified with it so closely that it, it breaks my heart. So he talks about empathy being that, um, about being like an answer for that, changing our vocab from being us versus them. Um, but I think uh, Dr., uh, Dr. John Perkins, uh, one of his big things, and he talks about is three R's, relocation, um, reconciliation and redistribution, As his three R's to community development. And the first one he says is the most important is because you relocating yourself into a community allows you to feel the community's pains and it becomes your pain. And so the fact that whether you're relocating physically and, and you know, living here or you're here and you are amongst the community shopping down Elm, um, where you can shop on Elm um, and get barbecue or wherever, um, and and going to the parks and prayer walking and things like that here in the area where. You, you start seeing the pain. It's not just like, man, it's a it's a bad place, or it's a tough place. You can say, no, yeah, that's that that son, you know, that that child's home. Like, that that hurts. That, that's what he's going home to. Um, and that's what we 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 started realizing more and more. We're like, we're hearing the stories through the schools of specific kids, and you're going, oh, now I know why. And so you hear the stories of the families of the. Of, the breakdown between them. You go now. I know why that's happening. And it's not just. It's just the event. You're hearing the story behind the event. And you go there, but by the grace of God, go off.
2: It's not those families. It's our families.
0: Yeah.
5: So. Oh. And that opens us up to what Paul's talking about at the end of the first initial read. That does it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in, it, in, its, in its blessings. Hmm. That this that this is not uh, the this identification happens because it's such a joy to share with others in the in the blessings. Um, and so as we as we share, it's just like it's similar to entering into it in, in, into a marriage, you take you take there's there's rough stuff to deal with, but then there are also but then there are also immense blessings. Um, and so, I mean not with Desiree, I'm, say, I'm saying like Desiree cool, marrying cool. me, <laughs> <Like>, Desiree <definitely laughs> marrying me, there was rough stuff that she had to deal with, but also there were wonderful, joyous things. <laughs> <laughs> Overflow, just, you know, yeah, so, um, but, uh, but that, but that, I mean, that's, that's where Paul ends that, ends that scripture on becoming all things love, because it's like, I want to be able to share in the blessings of the gospel, however you and however you however you experience yeah. those blessings. I want to experience those blessings with you. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. That's one of the things that I think is is driving is driving that. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the kind of contagious nature of joy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's good. And he talked about that. Like seeing, like he wanted to see. Camden be joyous. He wants mm-hmm. to see that for that city. And we want to see that joy um, here in East Waco and you can see it. I mean, you can see it, but we want to see that. That's like, that's the kind of end goal here. Just something? Yeah, Wait.
8: I feel Woodway's raising my because I know it's not class. class. Um, <laughs> like, I think something too just like adding on that I think gotta stop me from like being in the school and I think there were times I would just leave the class and but leave school and drive down the street and like the way it used to go home would be by live before. And I was just like, these kids are living a completely different life. And I was just like, what broken over like, what I knew my students were going home to versus seeing, you know, these kids in these really nice cars playing soccer. I'm like, wow, you've probably never seen a ball without the leather around it. You know, like things like that. And I think something that was like overwhelming that we've touched on is like, you know, those huge systematic issues, for them, like knowing kids by name and like having to grapple with the two of them. Hmm. And I think things like that might be beneficial too, like just as we pray too, was like when I like envision the best outcome for my students, like sometimes I have to like I realize that like it's family stuff, it's community stuff, it's all these things, like their lives may not look different, but I want them to have the perspective of Christ. And I think sometimes like praying for the perspective like would might like just lead straight into that verse with Paul of like he was able to go and like show them like the perspective that he had within that situation that was different Mm. and I think you know like I know like during the worst seasons of my life like my life didn't change but I like depended on Jesus more and that's what changed and I think sometimes when we come in these communities it's like being able to be like one with them enough to say like hey like these things may not change but like the perspective is what's going to give you life and like not the perspective of, like, oh, just get over it or just this, <laughs> but the perspective of, like, Jesus is, like, really a life well and, like, gives <laughs> life meaning and you will be able to see the joy in the morning yeah, even if the night is long, you know? And I think that that's just, like, beneficial because it completely flipped the head on how I played for my kids but then also how I just, like, talked to them because <laughs> I was like, you have the potential to change from perspective today. Your life may not change today, but, like, yeah. your life will change because you, like, see your life that has purpose So mm. you see yourself past the age of 18 or whatever the,
0: you know, attitude that they have, sure. that's hard Yeah. That's good. That's great. Cool. Um, well, I'll end with kind of what he gave as examples of the ways they, they moved out and began their ministry and began their work. They had some things they, did, they had called morning manna, where they gave out breakfast at, like, bus stops um, to get to know the people. They got involved with the schools. Um, did sports, they did a community day, they had a church planting residency, um, thriving, and then um, some other things they did there. But for um, us, uh, we have a few things we were wanting to begin this summer, um, so it's kind of ways we are trying to go about it. Um, and, uh, and before we go into what we want to do, I want to also remind us, this is... Next Sunday will be our last Sunday at this house, which is just really, really sad to think about, like because that like that's like a phase of a church plant is the house church, and we've, we're almost out of the house church phase, and it's just really weird to think about, um, but we also wanted to be, be thinking that this isn't all we 're going to be doing it's just getting together and talking. We we're, were building a slowly rolling uh, you know uh, momentum going and so not this Sunday, but next Sunday we'll be at the Bloodso Miller, um, which is just right around the corner, so it's not far from here. Um, and th- that's where we are going. To, we'll still be meeting in the afternoons, 4 to 6, and we'll still have meals as well. Um, and so we extended our meal calendar so we can still have those uh, through June and then uh, into early July. And then in July we'll go to, to the mornings um, at 10 a.m. there. But just wanted to remind us, we have one more time here. Um, and then there it is <laughs> that would have been more helpful <laughs> um, uh, and then we're going to do the Hood Street Kids Club stuff this summer which we are excited about trying to find ways I, mean, I was even sharing with Kristen on Wednesday what we were doing and I think Desiree and I think they both were like oh I didn't know that, that was so if Kristen and Desiree don't know what we're doing uh, <laughs> let, me, let me go a little, little, little more particular what we're doing there uh, we'd like to have eight volunteers a Saturday um, I was talking with Candace about this, and uh, we were envisioning we, when we go to the park over here, which is just right around the corner, usually around like 20 to 30 kids show up anyways and play soccer with us. Um, so we're hoping to have 40 kids. That's a hope. We'll see what happens. But if that's the case, we'd like to have eight volunteers so we could have enough volunteers for the kids. Um, and we were going to begin June 15th. Um, but that's also a very important celebration called Juneteenth um, that we want uh, to, there's a, there's a parade that's going to go down Elm that we want to be a part of, uh, or at least go to and support. And so Juneteenth is um, the, uh, Texas is actually now celebrating uh, the end of slavery. Uh, it took a couple months longer uh, than anticipated. Um, and so we were celebrating on June 19th, but it, it's going to be the June 15th parade there. Um and so we what our plan is then, since that's what that is, after the parade. Um <laughs> uh, after the parade we'll we'll come back here and do some kind of talk about last minute stuff for what we'll, the next week's. Um so the fifteenth is the
2: parade.
0: Fifteenth is parade. Okay. And afterwards we'll come we can come back here, we can have some refreshments, drinks. Um if it's lunchtime we'll have lunch. Um it's supposed to be nine to twelve, but I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's going to be all three hours or not, um, and so then we'll talk about what the next Saturday's kids club will look like. We're going to have T-shirts. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play games. Uh, we're gonna we're we're patterning this after what Jimmy Doral has done for years with um, the Kings Club is what they call that, um, and. His recommendation for us, before we did anything else, he said, get yourself a basketball hoop. Um, that's how King's Club started. It said, people just started coming over playing basketball in their driveway, and he's like, well, we might as well feed them, and then we might as well give them the Bible, and that's basically what we're doing right now. We, our kids got a basketball hoop uh, for their birthday last week, um, and so, but we're gonna do it at the park because it's a, an area that everyone knows, uh, but we're gonna recruit, have kids go around, reminding kids, we'll play some games, we'll teach, the crafts is a question mark. We we if we have it we wanna do it, but we also know that's a lot of um, Depend on ages and things like that, so we may we may focus that per age. And then we'll have snacks. And I have a Google Doc online that sent to you all if you wanna sign up to help. I also think there's other churches that might want to help with this and so if we do all sign up and say, Yes, we wanna do it there every week, great. But if you're like, Hey I can't for this Saturday, that's okay. I'm I think it would be cool to ask other churches to help along with this to kind of get other people involved. Um, so there's a the Jun- Juneteenth parade. Um, I think this was last year's. Um, so it should be fun. Um, and then at the end of the summer, we're going to do this back-to-school bash on one of those Hood Street Park days. Um, and Candace has got um, my uh, <laughs> has helped me dream bigger than I was dreaming. Uh, <laughs> Candice, tell us what are some things you were thinking of. I have a list of here. <laughs> <but> sure. <laughs> um.
7: So. You want to come up? Yeah. No, I don't
0: need to come up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe come
7: around. Okay. <laughs> Not, uh, um. <laughs> 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 and if I'm behind you, I'll come to town. But, uh Swim had placed on the calendar um, cookout, and so my mind went to his vision for the community. And I know we focus on things, and I promise, just give me three and a half to four minutes, and somebody can put a timer on me. <laughs> I promise. I just want to cram your minds real quick with some things that. ministry is being planted in East Laco and if you look at demographics look at reports all of everything that any report anybody pulls from education to poverty levels to whatever this area needs help and so when Pastor Swim had mentioned cookout you can't just do a cookout in Mm -hmm. August and for the community and not making a bad school bag. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so what we shared and, and talked about was just kind of going big or going home. Um, I know that if you followed the emails, um, is it the 11th? What day is it that? Week? Are you
0: talking about the kickoff?
7: The service. The service. For people to invite our true service
0: (laughs) to be determined
7: (laughs) to be determined that's right tentatively it was
0: tentatively it was the 11th the 11th
7: yeah and so if you're wanting to invite people to church um sometimes you may and the best way to let the community know is to say hey this is us this is who we are and we're gonna be there and I felt like August 3rd if if a cookout was on the schedule, then this would be an opportunity for Mosaic Waco to say, y'all, this is who we are, and this is what we want to do. We're going to show our face in the community. We're going to show Mosaic Waco and the love of God that's in us to the community. And um, this is not going to be a hard endeavor whatsoever. Um, the key to it is to get people to buy in and support and sponsor the event. And... Um, with it being a back-to-school bash, we're working on having at least 100 backpacks. If we get more, that's going to be awesome. And I'm gonna tell you in just a split second what the plan is to get those backpacks. Um, we are expecting to see the police department here, you know, the fire department. Um, Pastor Slam has already got the approval from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Wilbur Austin Park, or Litt Street Park. Yeah. Um, We'll have HIV clinic out here uh, because if we are, our first attraction has been the children and we've been getting the children, but we need the parents because that's where the struggles are coming in and we've gotta capture those parents as well. And so um, we have a representative or a couple coming from the HIV clinic. They'll be doing like a booth with free testing and they're gonna give out gift cards while supplies last for everybody that comes to get an HIV test. Um, we are working on getting Bluebell to donate some ice cream um, just so kids can get it out the freezer and keep going. <laughs> we'll have Providence Hospice here. We don't want to talk about hospice service, but they are coming to provide snow cones for the children so they'll just be cranking up snow cones <laughs> I'm working on face painting, and y'all feel free if I say that I, we, I, I mean we, are, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is what we're doing. Right. I might say I, but I mean we. <laughs> and um, I have some gaps here. I'm going to give them to Pastor Slim to put in an email. Feel free to jump in wherever you, and I'm going to tell you where you can help too, where we can come together. Um, we can get some candy out here somehow. We're going to take our first. Uh, request to m and and if they can't, then we're just gonna solicit donations from family and friends, a bag of candy. Um, I'm, we are working on, we're gonna have the immunization clinic out here, that way preparing kids for back to school. The parents can come over here, they can get literature on, because so many times when school starts, Kids are getting sent home for that first two or three weeks because these shots are not, and the nurse told you at registration they have to have these shots on the first day of school. They have not fulfilled that. So the immunization clinic will be out there. They'll have their database, and they can kind of let you know through, is it called Amitrak or something, Amitracks or whatever, if your child is up to date or not, prayer booths. Mosaic Waco, anybody here that feels like God has led them to pray with people or just hear somebody that's going through, we will have a booth established, Mosaic Waco, and feel free to pray with the people that come forth, um, share, listen, whatever you can do to minister to their hearts that day. VASA, which is um, Voices Against Substance Abuse, they will be here um, and have a booth Set up. They are ones that kind of come back against uh, substance abuse in the area. Um, Topaz Dental, which used to be Cool Smalls. They're going to be here with the booth and probably give out literature and toothbrush bags and mm-hmm. such to the kiddos. Upward Bound, which is a college readiness program over at MCC. Um, they're going to be here and they'll have applications available for like those high school students or those that are transitioning into high school so parents can see what upper bound is and kind of get those kids. It's usually for first generation students who've not had parents to go to college, and that's a resource. Uh, chicken. I'm waiting for them to email us back to make sure so we don't have to lug coolers with sodas and water. <laughs> we need y'all's ice and we need y'all's lemonade. <laughs> so we're going to see if they will sponsor us
4: with that.
7: And the backpacks, these are just people and companies that I've had. Um, if you know of any business or anyone that can come out and the person kind of coming out is to kind of um, that connectedness because it's a community and it's a family out here and any company or business or anybody that could provide a game or anything related to education because we're considering it a back-to-school bash they're welcome if you know of anything that we've not covered bring it to pastor slim and he'll communicate that, we'll get them down, and um, if they wanna do a spin wheel and have kids win a bookmark or free books or anything of that nature. As far as the backpacks, um, wholesale backpacks, Pastor Slim is getting some information on supplies. Transformation Waco has done something in the past that he mentioned that they provide, you bring your backpack, they give you supplies. And so if that's something that they're still doing, we want to just kind of be a blessing and provide backpacks to the children because it's hard for parents to get uniforms and send them to school sometimes in the area that needs the help, East Waco guys. But, um, and so wholesale these backpacks come in cases of like 24 for like a hundred and something bucks. And so we're working to get these sponsor letters out to like a couple of businesses and stuff that we know, whether it's a small business or a large business, but it's locally owned mm-hmm. and to see if somebody would be willing to cover mm-hmm. 24 backpacks and can you cover 24 backpacks or whatever we need to do to get those backpacks. out it's gonna happen, <laughs> but we want Mosaic since Mosaic Waco is going to start inviting people to church pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We want the community to know this is Mosaic. Waco, this is who we are, and we're here to provide love, mm-hmm. the love of God, and whatever resources we can provide to the families in our community, because yeah. it's not just
0: theirs. That's right, right. Our <laughs>
7: community.
0: Good you.
7: Um I can't do it by myself, so we, as a team, um, even if you can only spend a day, if you're planning on being in the Bahamas that day, but like you know somebody that you felt like, you know, could be great to have a booth out here and provide anything y'all communicated with us, let us know. It'll take all of us. I do want to encourage y'all to help with the Kids Club. That's going to be phenomenal. I have six children, five under age, and they're going to be here every Saturday. And I, you know what I'm saying? But, um yeah. that's needed and, um, I just I stand for what the vision is for Mosaic mm-hmm. but um, we're going to try to get some music and stuff out there, yeah. some live singing, Brother Jake bring your guitar <laughs> <the hotel. laughs> folks, please come and um, everybody all hands on deck and let's do this if you have questions, concerns, ideas bring them so we can add it and we can do this
1: Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. Do it.
0: We're excited. do you have a question? Um.
3: So Darius, are you connected to Darius?
0: Bro? Yes.
7: I'm not. Okay. Cause I'm they, not like.
0: She knows, I know she knows, he's
3: here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they did a back to school bash last year mm-hmm. at the Oscar DePonte Park. Yes. So are they? Do you know if they're gonna do it again? Because I wonder if you We talked. We talked with them.
0: Yeah, we're gonna try. Them. Them. So it's not like two separate ones. Right. Simple. Yeah. Got okay. Because yeah. we yeah.
3: helped with theirs last, last August, mm-hmm. so I'm good. sure it's like on their radar. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. it's
2: a good general point make sure check who else might be able to that's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. The brother that cuts my hair, he's a rapper, so he's actually... Mm-hmm. A- and hair yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he cuts hair too. Rich, <laughs> I wonder if yeah, cause Do you, you think
7: that
3: would be a right? great plug, like free
7: haircut? Mm-hmm.
2: Like free haircut mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
7: And yeah. brass. <laughs> hey
0: let me let me uh we can keep talking but i want to be respectful of our people there there chris is giving me the fun face uh, <laughs> jesus thank you thank you for what you're doing thank you for this book help us to kind of internalize the the heart behind it uh thank you for uh the just the heart for this this area uh just to de- has been displayed through, through Candace. Uh, Lord, we thank for her, uh, dream and vision, uh, and leadership, uh, but for this back school bash, Lord, we pray for that. That would be a, a blessing to this community. Lord, we ask you bless this food, bless our time now as we continue to, uh, to conversate and to, uh, talk through and, and dream big, uh, what you were doing, uh, here in Waco. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. If y'all want to open that door, you can tell them they can have some air conditioning.